Yep, we're back. This is season six, and what a season it's going to be. Let's get this thing kicked off right. Let's go. Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. It's been a long time. I should have left you. Without a strong show to flip to Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through uh, Time's up, I'm about to bless you with another season Another reason To cut on the Bro, TV and start the cheesing To get up on the phone and go call your friends And let them know the King B's Raw Fusion begins to sit on back and enjoy yourself I'll be your company, baby If you need a little help I took off for a while to revise the plan Got my focus on So I can check out the scam And open up my team Eliminate the fake And went and got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back And it's better than you ever saw But enough talk Let's get raw A typical night at the club Let's get raw You don't want to fall in love Let's get raw You got the fusion in your blood Let's get raw Into my ladies and my thugs Let's get raw Into the haters on the scene Let's get raw Don't be mad cause we got green Let's get raw You should be trying to make the team Let's get raw Cause we taking everything What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm King B. This is King B's Raw Fusion, and this is season six. We've been working. We've been doing a lot. We've released four movies uh, so far, working on number five to be released on streaming. These films are doing very well. If you want to check out the films, you can either go, three of them are on Tubi, which you can watch for free, the rest or all of them, uh, the four that's out, are on Plex as well. If you go on Tubi and just type in my name, King B, you can see uh, those movies come up uh, at the top of the list. Uh, the three of them, which are Intimate Friends, Roost, and Hate Love, all of them with King B in the front, King B's Intimate Friends, etc. Also, you can go to the website, which is now there where you can find everything from the book to the last season of the podcast. Also, you can find links to the movies there as well. And that is KingBWorldwide.com. That's KingBWorldwide.com. All right. It's time for us to get into this conversation. It was really cool. And we had it on Clubhouse. And if you want to connect with us, we have a bunch of different things happening in our Clubhouse group, Club Raw Fusion on Clubhouse. If you have the app, uh, if you don't, I encourage you to get it, even if it's just to listen and join our club and our community right there on Clubhouse. That's Club Raw Fusion right there on Clubhouse. All right, check out one of the conversations that we had between Dr. Obari Cartman, who has been on the show before in the last season, and Dr. Katherine Jackson, uh, a mental health professional here from Chicago. Of course, you know, I rock with that because I'm born and raised Chi-Town. You know how we get out. All right, let's check it out right here. This is the sixth season of King B's Raw Fusion. Let's go. Raw Fusion. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? King B right here, and welcome to Raw Fusion Live. Yes, and we have two dynamic guests who are going to have a conversation 
as much needed from the male and female perspective. We're talking about relationships today and how do we heal our relationships. And that's not just about loving relationships or romantic relationships. It can be all kinds of relationships. I think there's a lot of tension going on between men and women today. So let's see what two wonderful mental health professionals, uh, doctors in their field, have to say about this in a conversation, one representing women, one representing men, and both representing our togetherness. We have Dr. Obari Cartman, who has been here on Raw Fusion before. Uh, If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go back in the archive of the podcast. You can check that out as well. And a newcomer to the Raw Fusion podcast. However, she has been working with us on the Clubhouse app quite frequently. She basically holds a space. And you get to hear her talk about different things, um, different things that pertain to mental health. She's an extremely dynamic speaker and very intelligent and very good in her field. And the cool thing about it is both of these people are from Chicago. So Chicago stand up. Why do you think there's so much tension between men and women today um, or seeming tension in our culture today? I want to respond quickly to the first thing you said, uh, Brother King, about it being a seemingly tension moment, a seemingly tense moment. I think it's real. I think the, the, uh, there's a spirit of division, of isolation, of uh, the ugliness that it seems very, very pervasive right now that I think is infecting us. And, I, and I, I'm using language like disease-like language because I think it's a real... I think it's a it's a imposition. I believe that we, in our natural state, when uninterrupted, when left to our own sort of balance, will find a, a, a peace and find a, a, a camaraderie and compartmental. I mean, not compartmentalization, a um, compatibility between relationships, parents, children, romantic friendship, elderships. I mean, I think that there's there's a natural order in which. When left alone, people will figure out a way to mend their differences or find common spaces or learn to communicate. Um, I think that that's just the natural order of what it means to be a human, particularly an African. Um, I think that we have used our relationships to survive and to thrive and build immaculate, wonderful things on the planet for a long time. And I think we're finding ourselves in a really tough moment where the forces against us, those those beings, those institutions that are committed to our downfall have created a, a level of chaos and disorder and discord and tension that I think that we really, really, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we're talking about today. I think we need to talk about it over and over again until we figure out how to get at the heat of this because it's tearing families apart, right? And if we're going to win anything, then we have to, we have to mine and protect that institution of family uh, and, and again, it had boy, boy, girl, girl, you know, whatever it is, like it's just the, the, the community, the cohort of having a support system um, where we don't get so bent out of shape because we disagree about the vaccine or about whether or not Kanye West is crazy or whether or not whatever small thing comes up that makes me cut people out forever. Right. I mean, you hear people say that I am never going to talk to him again because he said something I would agree with. 
And we, and, and you know, you talk about your, you mean your grandfather? You will never talk to your grandfather again because he don't call you your gender pronoun because he slipped up a couple times. Like this, that's the, the, it's a moment we in where we are making permanent decisions based on emotional moments, based on impositions to our our well-being, to our psyches, our identities. Um, and I think that there's a restoration required for us to be able to move forward and to to do anything of, of value that's that's going to be central that this relationship problem um, gets solved. So I'll start there. I like, I like that. Uh, it, it, it seems that you encompassed even um, maybe male, male, and male, female, or female, female relationships as well, uh, whether they be romantic or uh, I heard you say parental um, or friendships. Uh, so I like that. Uh, Dr. J, do you have something? you want to say to that um, see this is why i like going seconds because dr cartman said a lot you know great things <laughs> and i'll have to say a few things after that um but i'm going to speak more to the romantic relationships no matter what the um setup is you know whether it's um male female 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 or male male uh with romantic relationships i think a lot and it might even be other relationships like uh, family relationships, uh, relationships with coworkers, and on and on. Uh, but I believe a lot of romantic relationships, why there seems to be so much division is because of what we see on TV. I think too much, there's too much influence from social media and too much in influence from a lot of the reality shows um, that are seeping in. Some of the topics that I uh, see out here on social media related to um, romantic relationships, they're, they're just so laughable. Even the, even the topics, just the topics themselves just have so much division within them. Um, and I think that's part of what makes it hard to, to heal the relationship sometimes. Um, just all these outside influences. If we think about prior to the times of having social media and so much TV, um, we didn't have that much influence in our relationships other than what we saw growing up in the home or uh, what we saw in some other uh, space in our lives. And then we decided which way we were going to go with our relationships. But now there seems like there's way too many influences on, on romantic relationships. And it can be confusing. You know, I really, I did say I was going to get out of this conversation, but you guys <laughs> no, are saying really good things. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a host. I you know do this. Uh, so, um, me personally, I get it, right? Because I'm of the elk that I'm not gonna post uh, a picture of somebody I'm dating or this, that, and the other. And some people think that's uh, because you want to cheat and run around and do whatever you want to do. But to your point. A lot of times when other people get their funky ass noses in your business, they go to talking, they go to acting, they go to behaving in ways in your business that they have absolutely no fucking business doing that. And when you invite people into your relationship, um, especially people that you don't know, and basically the whole world, a lot of times that can... Um, contribute to the destruction of your relationship uh, because they're spouting their opinions and they don't even know what flavor the Kool-Aid is. You know what I'm saying? So 
Um, I'm never the elf. You'll never know who I'm really dating. Uh, I can laugh. I can joke. I can play. I can say whatever. But in reality, until uh, I feel like I'm walking down the aisle, maybe I'll make a post. Um, Quite frankly, that's between me and that person and God and family. But you know, I may make a post or something about it, and then that's the end of you being in my relationship. So um, I do agree with that point. Um, I want to get you guys talking together. So, But before, um, before you move on to the next one, King, I'm just mm-hmm. going to add, a lot of times when you're posting, too, a lot of people are so judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, people are sending their representatives on social mm-hmm. media, and not the truth a lot of times too. Um, uh-huh. And um, the relationship truly is just between you and the other person. And of course, you want, you know, if you respect or value the opinion of your loved ones, whether it's family or friends who are close to you, you want their influence um, too, to a certain extent, because you still get the final say. Um, but when when people are posting or even just getting getting influenced by social media, it comes off. It can come off a whole lot of different ways. And um, so many I'm just going to give the example from a female point of view where you say something and, and to your girlfriends and your girlfriends will be like, girl, I wouldn't take that. I would do it this way and this and that. But then as soon as she's in that same position. She didn't none of that mess. She's spouted out. Ain't gonna do none of that. Right, right, right. Ain't gonna do none of that. And that's why. And I covered this in an earlier episode, sort of raw fusion, um, the one where we had Cinnamon Holmes on there, so you guys can check it out. I do not believe ever in men going to men to talk about relationships advice anyway, and women going to women to talk about advice. You need a friend. So the opposite sex for them to give you a clearer perspective. Uh, and I stand by that uh, reason being, I know if I talk to any of my homies about some of the things that I deal with in relationship, the first they're going to say, Hey man, fuck her. We finna go to the club. We're going to get some, you know, we're going to get some women. We're going, you know what I'm saying? We're going to do our thing. Let's turn up. And I know women do the same thing. And that can be more detrimental. One, two, that can be um, something that you may do that night and it destroy your entire relationship, right? Or you might not even know what those two people have gone through, how much they mean to each other. And you just going, trying to ride for your friend, but yet and still that person has an opportunity to have something that they really can cherish and love at some point. So I don't go to any of my, my homies. I will talk to some of my homie lady friends and they can give me a female perspective. And that's to me, equivalent to just going to the source. It's not really the source, but it's kind of like the source. Right. So, uh, what do you think about that? Dr. Cartman? Um, this is such a, complicated conversation for so many reasons. And I'll start with, like, I want to remove whatever expertise is attached to the doctor. Because people come yeah. and they think that I figured I figured a thing out. Um, 
and there are things that I know, and I spend a lot of time, you know, reading books and going to trainings and in therapy and doing therapy and going to like I spend a lot. So there is an expertise that I hold. All of it falls apart in this topic, right? And not because I don't know what to do or I can't give good advice or I haven't had good experiences or have some wisdom, but relationships are such a relative thing. It's so, there's so many particularities. So I don't, I, I tend to avoid sort of any blank statements about relationships. So the idea that you won't go to your boy or don't go to the girl, it depends on the boy, it depends on the girl. It depends on which friend. I got male friends that I would go to. I got male friends that I wouldn't go to. I got female friends I would go to. I got female friends I wouldn't go to. So it just so depends. And so I th- the thing that I, that I really encourage people to do in terms of seeking relationship, relationship advice is to you know, draw on a bunch of different sources. You know, you want to hear from a lot of different people. If you stuck in a perspective and you feel like you're trying to solve a problem, you can't see it no other way, or you might just need to ex- ex- share what you're dealing with and, and get it off your chest. But like, this, it's really hard to, to get expert relationship advice. The experts oftentimes may or may not be in relationships themselves. They might not be in the kind of relationship that you want to be in. It might Hello. not serve you. And so like, there's so many, there's so many, subjective things in this conversation. I, I think it's really important that people find what makes sense for them. Uh, what makes sense for you at a time might not make sense for you in five years. And so like everything is always changing and evolving, just like people are. But then you add a whole nother person and a commitment and then uh, expectations and then ideologies. There's so many things that go into what works, what doesn't work. I had parents that were married. Um, if I was my mother's friend, I would have told her to leave my father. But then I might have missed out on <laughs> birthing my brother, right? So then, who am I to say? And I feel that I feel that very, very often about this. Who, who am I to say? Who is anybody to say? Even your parents, or even people in successful marriages, um, it's really hard to get relationship or give good relationship advice. You really just want to figure. I mean, there's there's so much of this that you just got to figure out on your own. You got to bump into some shit. You got to make mistakes. And um, as long as people are and honest, this is our principle that I stand by. You're, as long as people are honest and communicating as clearly as possible and making sure that they are collaborating on what they are deciding to do with each other, whatever arrangement you got, stick to that arrangement. If you want to change it, then say that out loud and make some negotiations. Don't keep people in the dark. Don't be manipulative. Like There's things that I, I say do and don't do, but the way it looks, the, the number of people involved, the, the gender of it, the amount of times you see people, what, what, what makes sense for you or doesn't it, like it's so subjective and so dependent on context, cultural context, economic context, uh, time of day, like so many things change. What I would say makes sense in a moment, it's really hard to say, hey, just come listen to Dr. Carmen, let me guide you to the right way. I can help you figure out what makes sense for you and I can hear you out. Um, but to say this is it or this ain't it is really, really hard to do with this particular topic. I'm with you, Dr. Cartman. Um, you know, I can give advice. I can say what I think. Uh, but it really comes down to people's personal um, preference, with what is right for their life. Mm-hmm. We can give advice all, all day. But removing that whole expert thing, like you said, I'm with you. I'm joining you in that because <laughs> uh, it really comes down to what really works for you. And um, we can hear just like we can read. You and I can read a bunch of books, but then we're going to have our own clinical 
uh, slant on whatever we do anyway. It might look one way when you do it, and it might look another way when mm-hmm. I do it. We could have read the exact same book. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, when they hear different advice from, from everybody, they can just take pieces of it and then form whatever they want um, and take that and, and do what they want with it. I, the, the problem, I think, comes in when when uh, friends and family give advice on any relationships. It doesn't have to just be romantic. And then you don't take it, and then they get upset. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of uh, issues can come in, where um, seeking some other support might be better um, for in a more unbiased way, because friends, they do want to be with you. Uh, loved ones, they want to be on your side. And, and if you don't take their advice, I think sometimes they feel like you're not, um, you know, you're not listening to what they say. You don't value the uh, advice that they that they gave you. So those are my thoughts. But yeah, this is a complicated topic, King. Thank you for this. <laughs> of course, that's what I do. Complicated topics. <laughs> and I am not a professional uh, in that arena. But what I am is a professional host. And right now we have to take a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with more Raw Fusion. I am alone as I stand to my feet. My heart pumps not once but twice within the same beat. I just happen like a variety of partners. I'm not about to go to some funky club to get on some funky dance floor to dance with some funky man. I never used to think about it. Is- Give me one good reason why we shouldn't enjoy each other sexually. It can ruin our friendship. I don't think so. It, it doesn't feel right. Eric, I know what you do with these women. That has nothing to do with that. That has everything to do with this. The lines have been drawn. The question is, in the end, should I or should I not get intimate with my close friend? I'm going to shave you. I already had a shave. Now where I'm going to shave? Oh, no. Watch King B's Intimate Friends streaming now for free on Tubi. What's up, everybody? It's King B. And I want to tell you about my website, kingbworldwide.com. That's King, the letter B, worldwide.com. There you can find all sorts of stuff, including links to my book, the movies, and even the podcast there as well. It's kingbworldwide.com. See you there. Raw Fusion. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, we're back. This is Raw Fusion. We're back with Dr. Abari Cartman and Dr. Katherine Jackson, both mental health professionals that hail from my hometown, this wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we're talking about relationships today and how can we heal our relationships. And that's the next thing I, I think um, I really want to get into. I mean, we cited some problems and some reasons why some, uh, if not most, relationships tend to fail. At this current state that we are in now, how do we begin to heal our relationships? Uh, How do we move forward and come together and restore the family structure? Uh, If we're talking about uh, romantic relationships, how do we do that moving forward? Uh, Dr. J this time. Okay, I'll take this one first. <laughs> I believe no matter what the relationship is, whether it's romantic, it's um, family, friends, uh, with your boss, coworkers, whatever relationship, 
it is, I think we begin healing the relationships if there's some kind of rupture, um, some kind of conflict or discomfort by first working on ourselves or working on the relationship with yourself. Um, looking inward first instead of looking outward to blame somebody else or um, to put all the responsibility of whatever's going on on somebody else. Take time to look within and see what's going on um, with you <laughs> that may have contributed to the riff. Um, for an example, um, there's been no secret. You know, I work uh, at, a, at a, I've worked at different um, practices that were pr primarily white. And sometimes it would be some tension in those different relationships. So looking, taking my own advice, I would look at myself and, and see what it is that I contribute to that. Like sometimes I'm not as open and sharing in certain spaces. Um, and uh, when I notice that, then I try a little harder, you know, try to just get to know people. We don't have to be buddy-buddy and hang out or anything, but for the sake of the work, for the sake of the organization and the, and the job, um, you know, just having, being a little bit more open so that we can get things done together. So I looked first uh, inward, and I recommend that with a lot of patients I work with to look first at what they can do because I can't control anybody else. So if, if I'm having a conflict with Dr. Cartman, I can't control what he's going to do. <laughs> I will, um, I can control though what I will do. I can, I can make changes within myself to try to uh, impact the relationship for the better. That's where I will start. No, I agree with that a thousand percent. Self-reflection, self-work, introspection, starting there. Um, because one of the things that you discover once you get to know yourself better and get to know what works for you is uh, a clearer view of the kinds of relationships that you need to have with the kinds of people that you are in the world with. Everybody ain't got to be boyfriend, girlfriend, or as she, Dr. Catherine says, buddy, buddy. You got to be coworkers, and that's it. Um, that's just the extent of the, the relationship that we're going to have. It has its own parameters. It has its own agreements. It has principles we have to abide by. And if we, if you get off, if you break some of those agreements, we got to deal with that. But um, the, the clarity of knowing that that's what we are first helps everything else from there. So we talk about communication, but if you don't know what you're communicating because you have not decided who you are and come into a relationship with uh, a foundation, then there's no way to mend it because you don't even know what the thing is. And so I, I'm very a strong proponent. People say you got to love yourself before you love other people. I, I believe in that. I think that before you can love yourself, you have to know yourself. And I yeah. speak to, you know, mostly men. And a lot of men are, we're bad at this. We, we're bad at the alone time, the just the silence. We, we, we blame, we, we say women are bad at that. We say women are clingy and needy, but it's really us that can't sit still and alone for a long time. We don't. We have a hard time looking at ourselves, honestly, and holding ourselves accountable and just breathing. Um, I know there was a long time in my life when I had to, I had to have my own Rolodexes, and if I had my heart broken, I, I would sit in it and deal with the pain and look at what caused it, and I, I would just jump right to trying to distract myself with other people, other women, other 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 things, any, anything to keep me from being alone with myself. But it's in those moments when I was forced to do that that I really got to see who I was and I got to learn what I, you know, what I am, what my values are, what my principles are. And, and from that position, I'm much better able to find a, a partner that's compatible. And that's the thing that's really important for me in relationships, compatibility. 
You know, every, every relationship don't need to be mended. It's, it might not be a problem of personality or timing or communication. Y'all might not just be a good fit. And I, I know for me, you know, Dr. J mentioned being at a, a, a office full of white people doing therapy. I, that wouldn't fit me. I, I wouldn't. There's no there's no therapy that you could coax me into having a better relationship in an environment that doesn't feel like its own mission with what I was designed to, to do on the planet. And so because I spent time figuring that out. I won't even move in that direction. Like I just, I'm not even going to waste my time trying to fit a thing that don't make sense. But I can only do that after spending time discovering who I am first. And so part of the, the self-work is, you know, making sure you, 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 you're aware of your emotional state and, and learn how to sort of maneuver the world as, as an individual. But the, the next level of that is, 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 is self-awareness, self-knowledge. Like, know that stuff for real. And then from that position, you can move much more clearly and then make arrangements that make sense for you and whoever else you're arranging that with. I love that uh, alignment that you got. And you got it first, Dr. Cartman, from uh, that self-reflection and self-assessment where you know, like, working in a PWI space is not going to, it doesn't work for you. I'm going to be honest, I don't think it works for many of us, but I'm going to stay on this relationship topic. <laughs> and I'm not even going to talk about what the future holds for myself, even with that kind of thing either. So. <laughs> well, if you need to get rescued out of there, let me know. We need to talk off loud. <laughs> If you guys, and I don't know if you guys see uh, like couples and if you guys do, or if you guys would be presented with that, what would be the first thing that you would look at in order to try to assess the problems within a relationship? I think it uh, really depends on the couple. I do see couples uh, and I do work with families as well. Uh, as individuals, but I, I think it really depends on what they're coming in with. But if I had to pick something just kind of like generally without, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of focusing in on one case at a time, I mm-hmm. would say taking responsibility because a lot of couples come in and they're all, they're both blaming the other person. Uh, it's all his fault. No, it's all her fault, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you take responsibility for whatever has happened that is is on you and then let the other person take responsibility for theirs. Um, I think that makes the communication part and trying to rebuild it, build it or rebuild it. I think it makes it a little bit smoother if I if I can just pick one basic thing. But it really depends on um, the couple and what they're coming in with, what their issue is, what their communication style is, all the dynamics of the relationship and so on and so forth. Uh, it really changes what what I would really start with. Owning your shit, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's you know that's how we call it. You know, raw fusion. We get out. Um, owning your shit, you know what I'm saying. And and the truth of the matter is, I I, I see that even in for me, that's a a tenement to uh, what I do in business. Uh, I own my shit. If I fucked up, I fucked up because that gives the power back to me. If I'm always saying, well, you know, the man is messing us up and, you know, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't see that's giving the power to someone else. And I'm a big proponent of owning my own power. So when I messed up and I put myself in this situation, I need to own that situation and then see how I can get out of that situation if it's possible. And that comes from first owning my own shit. 
And so that's why I work really hard to think through things, to analyze things before I move sometimes, because I'm going to have to hold myself accountable if I make the wrong move. And there's no one else for me to blame. I fucked up. So that gives the power back to me. And so if I fucked it up, nine times out of 10, I can find the right way up out of it. But blaming everybody else, that gives the power to them. And that says that they had control over you and that without them, you don't exist. So owning your own shit is one of the biggest things on my list when you are uh, trying to uh, make significant changes in your life. So I I definitely resonate with that. And King, if oh. and, and I, I'm interested in what Dr. Cartman will say too, but if you don't own it, then you can't work on it either. Mm. You have to first own it before you can work on it. What are you working mm. on if you don't take responsibility for something? What is there to work on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dr. J is not going to curse me and Obari might. I'm probably going to curse more <laughs> than anyone else. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Cartman might slip a slip one in here, one in out there, but uh, yeah. So she's going to say it the nice way, and I'm going to say it, you know, the way. <laughs> well, how we think. And, and, and anyway, in the end, people uh, will hear it. One of the ways. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Dr. Cartman. Um, I like the question. What do you assess? Uh, I do see, I see more families than couples. I, I often avoid the couples for a long time. I didn't feel qualified to see couples. I'm not married. Um, I got two baby mamas. I'm in a relationship now and it's beautiful. Um, but I don't know, somebody come with me with their marital problems and I don't have the life experience to say, but like, yes, I know what you mean. Um, and I like to do therapy from that position. I'm very personal and transparent in my work. So that's why I like to work with men, particularly young men, because um, I can be like, yeah, I was there and I know what that means. So I, I usually say no when people approach me for, for couples therapy. But when I do families and when I do individual work and couple stuff comes up, the thing that I like to assess often, and I'm doing it from the position of the, the men more often, is this, um, is the quality of like desire to be in a relationship like what do, do you really want want this I, th- I think want is very powerful force in the universe it's in terms of motivation and anchoring why do why we do things that we do and when people find themselves in relationships and they're doing them they're just going through the motions or they're in it because they think they're supposed to be in it or they feel like it's a social sort of advantage or it's a some transactional capitalist kind of like I get this and so if I lose this and I, you know, I'm afraid of being alone like there's just lots of things that people use as motivations to get in and stay in but underneath that there's a level of like do you really want to be here and do you want to be here in a specific relationship do you want to be in a relationship period do you want to be in a, a, a monogamous relationship like do you really want this because if you don't then you will self-sabotage the whole thing like there's nothing that can make you do a thing that you at the core of you don't want to do. It's much more difficult from that. And so now we're talking willpower. Now we're talking desire. We're talking about different kind of stuff. And I think that assessing that, particularly from a male's point of view, um, helps me now say, okay, you want this. Now I can build on top of that. And if you don't want it, then we might need to think about something else. And it's fine. No judgment, right? Like there's no right, wrong to any of this stuff. But if people are living the life that they really want and are truly fulfilled and have joy and peace and all that kind of stuff, then you're not just 
going through the motions, then it's, it's much easier to build off of that kind of a, a place. And so I start there. You want to be here? And if you do, then let's, let's do the work on that. Honesty. Like, just be honest. Do you even want this or have something change? I like that. What about people who deep down inside really want it, but they're too, they're acting too tough to get to that part of themselves that says, yo, I really actually want this. I just don't know how to get it. So what there's two things apparent. One is acting too tough. If you act in the unite, being honest, as Dr. J said, and that's the, that's the part of the role of creating a safe space, letting people know there's no, you know, there's no judgment, like for real. In the in the quiet of the night, like what do you want for real? And when you look into yourself, you you know just butt naked in the mirror, like what do you want at its core? Um, anytime you're talking about pretending, you can't do good therapy when people are posturing and being too tough. Like you can't even do it. Um, so it's that it's helping people be that honest and it's hard to do it. Like it's hard to be that kind of honest, but I think that the therapy is good for that. Oh, really? <laughs> I got company. <laughs> <laughs> and when, um, uh, to build on what Dr. Cartman said, um, if you are trying to act tough and you're sending a representative, you might, it might be better to do individual work first before you can come together and do the couple's work. Uh, because there's some things that are unhealed or something there that is in the way um, before you can even go deep into the work of couples. Because you you, you got to get your crap out the way first. You got to kind of do that. Um, if not, it's just going to keep spilling over. It's going to keep coming up and it'll be something that sabotages the work, um, the couple's work. Interesting. In our day-to-day, in our communities, we found that there is a very big disconnect now between men and women. There are a lot of women's groups, which are cool. There aren't that many men's groups, but it's starting to rise. How do we get past all of that and, 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 and get ourselves on the same page with each other? Again, not just necessarily romantic relationships, but our relationships in general, how we perceive one another, how we are the women and um, how we, me personally, I can still open doors for women until they just walk past me like I did nothing. They don't say anything. They know, okay, well, that's the last time you get in the door open for you. Um, and, And there's that thing, right? Even in that, how do we get our communities back to where we're just more kind to one another with our male female relationships. Um, Outside, we need more men circles. We need more men yeah. to initiate these kinds of conversations to be open and honest. And you know, I don't even say vulnerable. It's part of it's being vulnerable. Part of it's more about being honest, and then finding what are those principles that we as men need to stand on and teach that to younger men. And we're doing it against opposition. We men are socialized in a world where other people have um, so much power over creating the desire and the the taste and the shaping what beautiful is and what successful is. And none of that is good for building strong black families. There's an interracial movement that's happening. There's a you know, so many other things that are that are keeping black men from saying what it means for me to be a strong, powerful, successful black man is to be committed and, and honor a woman and marry that woman and have beautiful black babies and commit the work of that relationship to building the liberation struggle for black people. It's a political thing for me. It's a power thing for me. Um, 
but that, that that was shaped in me. Somebody, I had examples of families in my world that showed me yeah. what that what that looked like. I still have in my mind. I said earlier, I'm not married. And still, I have in my mind, being married is the epitome of what a grown man does. I meet a, a younger man, he might be 20, and he married with kids and living his life. I'm like, oh, you're a grown man for real. And, and I mean that. Like, that's that's what how, how I define the principle and standard of being a grown man includes being married, includes being an honorable sort of citizen in your community by, by anchoring yourself to a partnership that is the, the center of what a family is. Um, we can teach that. If we decide to sit down with the brothers, if we go into the high schools, if we go into the detention centers and create these rites of passage programs where we instill a value system to say, I hear what you say, listen to them on the music. And, you know, I hear the bitches and the hoes and I see the, the, the playing with women as a, as, a, as a cool thing. I know I got boys, they six, they nine. He would come up to him like, oh, look, what up, little player? Are he going to be, a, you know, little pimp, little lady killer? And I got to stop that. I got to be like... No, bro, don't talk to him like that. Don't address my son like that. People are building the building blocks of conceptualization of women while he ain't doing nothing but playing Legos and eating Pop-Tarts, but still getting infused with this sense that what it means to be a real man, to be a tough man, to be a strong man, includes collecting women, discarding them, and not seeing them as, as, as valuable, not even equals, but like as worthy. And so it's beyond the superficial don't hit them or open the doors, I would argue, I'll push back on you a little bit. You, I open a door, I treat women a certain way, I move in a, in, in a way, regardless of their response. If they appreciate it, don't appreciate it, I do it because that's who I am. Where, whether you see me or not, whether I get credit for it or not, I have to hold myself to a certain standard of what a man does, regardless of whether or not somebody thanks me for that thing. And that, that's a principle that I can teach if I create the space where young men are paying attention and we get coaches involved and we get, you know what I'm saying, these little high school, we, we, we can teach this in the same way that women are taught, you know, in, in their play. It's not happening as much, but it used to happen when I was, when I was a kid. Girls were playing, like, dress up, and they were getting married, and they had the, 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 the visions for what a marriage looks like, and they were encouraged to be in partnerships. Um, it's in the, it, was, it was in the church. It was in the school. It was in the home ec. It was, it was in the culture that women were being groomed to be a good partner, and men were taught the opposite. And then when you get 30, 40, 50, you're like, hey, I'm, I don't want to be lonely no more. I need to mature and grow up. Now it's too late. And no one taught you the skill sets of being compromising and communicating and have been in a partnership. People were telling you to play your whole life. Um, that whole cultural shift is a, is a man's responsibility. It's men's collective responsibility. We had to do that. We got to do it with some urgency. I actually uh, agree with that. Um, and I say that all the time. Men and women are different. Uh, we're not equal. We're different. I, as, as much as you grab a hold of my chest, milk will never come out of it. I will never have a baby. We're not equal. Women can do things that men can't do, and men can do things that aren't really that women, you know, do. However, so when you grow up, you don't tell the little girl, Ooh, oh, you're going to have all the boys after you. You're going to get so many boys. You're going to be, you know what I'm saying? Because essentially that's said she's going to be a hoe. But it's okay. I'm, it's not okay. But we think it's okay, or society as a whole thinks it's okay to say, yeah, you're going to have all the girls, oh, you're going to get so much, you know what I'm saying? And that's not cool either, because essentially you're saying that he's going to be a hoe. So, I mean, I, I, I really resonate with that. 
the other thing you was pushing back on, maybe I can I can see that as a good thing. I ain't there yet in my own personal journey and my walk with God. I ain't there yet, but maybe I'll get there. That's what I like. You know, being open, it's not it, being open to different things. Like he shared how it went down for him. And then you consider, you know, you might consider that you might kick it around. You might decide to pick it up. You might decide to leave it where it is. Um, everybody, gets to write their own stories with different things. But to answer your first question, um, or that last question, I mean, um, I, I, you said something earlier, too, and it was my, my thing was that I feel like we all need to stay in our own lanes. Um, I think there's too much crossing over of roles and um, some men being women, women being men, and everybody taking on each other's roles. Um we talk about trying to heal it, trying to come together and everything. And it's neither role should be less than the other. It's just that everybody should keep different roles. Now, I know um, for some groups, especially for black women, um, some roles have been put on us and we've had to take on different uh, roles. Not that we want to. Um, but when you were talking about like opening the door and, and all that, all that kind of stuff, um, I just feel like there are some people who are trying to trying to take on more masculine qualities and some um, some guys who are probably trying to take on more um, feminine qualities and everything. And I don't know where we got lost in that in that mix. I hope that makes sense. It made sense in the beginning in my head. <laughs> it does. And that's great. And it's a great place to take a break. We've got to pay some bills. But we'll be right back with more King B's Raw Fusion after this. Behind many smiles lie a troubling truth. So many people are suffering alone simply because they are too afraid of the stigma associated with mental illness. The road to mental health has no color. It has no age or gender. It's time we take the bull by the horns. It's time we remove the stigma and embrace acceptance to release people from their private prisons and give them the help that they need. It could be your relative, your friend, your loved one. It could be you and you don't even know it. It's time to help those in need, but help starts with you. With an acclaimed broadcast television and independent filmmaker at the helm, we are creating a documentary. This documentary will identify the signs, explore the possibilities, help remove the stigma, and clear the path to mental health. By donating, you will help us help others. From $1 to $1,000, no donation is too small. Let's band together to fight this secret enemy that affects us all. Please donate today. You can donate now at GoFundMe.com slash MentalTheMovie. What's up, everybody? It's King B. And I want to tell you about my website, KingBWorldwide.com. That's King, the letter B, Worldwide.com. There you can find all sorts of stuff, including links to my book, the movies, and even the podcast there as well. It's KingBWorldwide.com. See you there. Raw Fusion. We're back. More with uh, Dr. Catherine Jackson 
and Dr. Bari Cartman right here on Raw Fusion. We are doing this live uh, in the Clubhouse space in Club Raw Fusion on Clubhouse. And if you are a part of Clubhouse, go ahead and uh, find us and join the club. We're also, this is where you can find the, um, the GoFundMe uh, page as well if you missed it through any of these commercials or whatever. Uh, you'll be able to donate and actually be able to meet and check me out. So that's cool. So just to let you guys know that this actually is live, uh, I would like everyone that's on stage right now to mute, say something, say what's up, you know, say make some noise. Hey, hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. I appreciate it. We have some wonderful people here at Club Raw Fusion, so make sure if you're on Clubhouse or if you're not, come on there and find us at Club Raw Fusion. So back to the conversation. And what I like to do is actually open it up for uh, a couple of our members uh, from the uh, that's on the stage right now to ask a question of these two wonderful doctors. Tiffany, you had a question. Um, yes, my question is, uh, how do you feel uh, about generational trauma or experience how that influences one's relationship and whether or not they should maybe um, examine or reflect on that in their intimate relationships? Great question. Who wants to tackle that one? I'll go there. I'll start there. I think it's a really, really important question, looking at the generational patterns in families, um, sort of assessing that as a part of people's wherewithal about how to be in relationships. I think that what we think of the shoulds and the, the rights and wrongs are shaped by what we saw or what we didn't see. So in the absence of healthy relationships, some people are trying to figure it out on their own and trying to create something from scratch. Um, but the harm that we have experienced from the last seven generations of being in this country has been full of trauma. And so it's, it's, it, there's no way to, to discount the ways in which our ability to maintain families and to have power within family structure and to navigate being black and American and sit in a place that does not have your best interest in heart has impacted our ability to do this very well. So because of that, I think it's important to have a lot of compassion and patience and give each other grace because we've all been harmed in some way. We've all been damaged in some way. We also also all have a lot of resilience and a lot of love still, despite all the things that happened. So um, I think it's important to look at that. So for every person, every family, every couple, there's a lot of that dynamics that I think going through your family history, going through those archives, asking the stories of our elders about what worked and what didn't work, um, and then collecting those things and every generation being responsible for building on that and saying, I don't want to repeat the mistakes. Like, I want my sons to be better and smarter and have improved relationships and everything than me. And I want them to learn from me. I document a lot of my mistakes. I write, you know, in my book, I talked a lot about the things that I learned from my father, the things I learned from my parents, the things I wished we talked about when they were, my father was alive. And I, and I do that so that when my children are my age and younger even, when they're developing their idea about masculinity and relationships, they can draw on the best of what I learned from my parents and then teach the best of that from what they extract to their children. And that's what I think evolution is about, just deliberate excavating and integrating those, those, those uh, things that we want to keep from our parents and deliberately throwing away those things we want to discard, things we never want to see again. I think that's an intentional 
purposeful process. And I think that everybody has a responsibility to do that if we're connected to the elevation and the, you know, the, the upward mobility of families and communities. And before Dr. J, you jump on that. Um, mm-hmm. with, let, I want to plug that book. Uh, what's the name of the book? Uh, Ladies Man, L-A-D-Y apostrophe S, Conversations <laughs> with Young Black Men and Relationships and Manhood. I wrote it at the time I was in a book club Um who was it? Hill Harper had a book about the conversation and, and I, it had a moment. I was like, we, I'm, I'm in book clubs and I'm the only man around. There's no men processing this stuff. No one talking about men are talking about how to be better partners. Um, and part of it's because there's no guy for it. Even when men write books, they're writing books to women. And so I just said, I needed to do something different to add something to the conversation that comes from my experience. Um, on the book cover, you see me with five beautiful women around me and they're my sisters. And you wouldn't know it until you like flip the book over. And I talk about my responsibility to them, uh, me belonging to them, and the shift and how I had to unlearn what I was taught, which is that women belong to me. And sort of that revolutionized the way I moved in the world in ways that I wanted to share with other young men in particular. Where can we find that book? Uh, my website, www.dracartman.com. It's the best place to get it. That's what's up. That's what's up. And Dr. J., has um, some products as well, including some cards. If you want to talk to that before you move back on to the question, uh, let everybody know. Um, I'm sure, but before I move on, Dr. Uh, Cartman, you may want to spell Obari just to make sure that everybody got it when they're going to your website. O-B-A-R-I-C-A-R-T-M-A-N. That's me. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it's not a common name, so you know we just want to make sure they get to the right place. Um, I, that. <laughs> um, I do. I have a book. My um, I have three books actually that all came out in 2021. Uh, my baby and my first book um, where, that I wrote on my own uh, is the Couch Experience: A Guide to Good Therapy, and um, the book takes people through the whole process of therapy from beginning to end, where to where to look, questions to ask yourself before and to ask um, the therapist before, all the way to the end with terminating therapy. And to to enrich that experience once you get connected with a therapist um, and you're working through uh, your weekly sessions, um, I have other products that go along with the experience. You can use them alone or with in conjunction with the book. Uh, you can use them, especially nowadays, um, while you're waiting for a therapist to kind of explore some things. And so it'll make it even easier once you get linked up to a therapist or you can use it to maintain uh, your wellness after being done with a therapist. So I made them extremely versatile. You can use them with a therapist um, before you see a therapist or even after you're done with your therapist. So that's me. And they can find all of that at my website, which is my name, Dr. Dr. Catherine with a C, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. Jackson.com. So I'm kind of forgetting the question now, King, after all these promos. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got it. We got it. We got to get the promos in. Tiffany, if you want to re, uh, re-ask the question to uh, Dr. J, that would be great. Basically, um, I was asking, uh, how, does, how important is it for one to really reflect and review uh, their family history of relationship models? And how, you know, that affects a relationship, trauma and all those things. And I think it's really important. I, sometimes we have to go backward to see, you know, the influences of what we got, learned, 
uh, what we're applying so that we can do um, one or two things. Either we're going to decide that we want to keep that or we're deciding we don't want it or we want to um, change it in some kind of way. So one or three things. Um, some things in our childhood or um, our history, we may want to keep. It may work well. Um, it's been passed down and it's something that works. Um, some things we might need to get rid of. It might have served past generations, but it no longer serves you as you go forward um, in your life. And then some things just need to be dumped all together, and we might need to scrap it and just start all, all the way over. But once we um, explored the, the generational uh, patterns, you, then you can decide which way you want to go. Uh, I also like going backward to uh, back to the past, back into the generations, back into the, the family history, um, because it helps me as a, as a black psychologist to be able to decolonize a lot of things like what Dr. Um, Cartman was saying. Um, I say this ev almost every, every platform, every speech, <laughs> every talk or whatever. Um, the traditional therapy that we learn and apply to patients, if we just took it the way that it was, it wasn't made by us and it wasn't made for us. And so we have to decolonize a lot of that stuff and decolonize a lot of the thinking that has been passed down through the years. Uh, like Dr. Cartman was saying, just being black in America has its own level of trauma. Uh, and we all have some some form of it, just just the way things have gone here. So going backward helps to identify those kind of patterns, and it's a good way to start to decolonize some of the things and and look for strengths. We gotta find the strengths um, back there too. So I'm gonna be quiet so I don't drone on. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Uh, thank you, Tiffany, for that question. And before we move on to the next question, I want to say thank you to Daryl Rutledge for his $50 donation and also to the anonymous uh, donor uh, of $20. I want to thank you guys for donating to the GoFundMe campaign for Mental the Movie. And also, if you go on Tubi, type in King B. Two of my movies should come right up there in the front. You can check out some of my previous work as well. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, and if you're listening, you can go to GoFundMe.com slash MentalTheMovie. That's GoFundMe.com slash MentalTheMovie. And you can get more information on what we're going to be doing with the movie Mental and also leave a donation as well. The, the small donations as well as large all get us to that goal of making this movie and putting this thing on the big screen and helping many, many more people. Okay, you had a question. Yes, I have a question. So from my observation and experience, a lot of people enter relationships with a tit-for-tat mentality. If he does this, then I'll do that. If she treats me this way, then I'll treat her that way. Do you consider a tit-for-tat mentality to be a toxic trait? And if so, what can couples do to, to end the tit-for-tat cycle? And on the other hand, if you think it's a healthy trait, please elaborate on why. That's got um, parts to it. <laughs> parts, A, A, part B. I, I would start with, well, I wouldn't say toxic. Like it, it makes sense in a American capital context where we're taught to be competitive, even at home, even in your private intimate spaces. I don't think it's healthy, though. I think that 
um, the the desire, the impetus to try to win all the time makes it so that nobody wins. And when you're in a relationship, there's a, a, a unit analysis. There's a, a way of being that's not, you know, if it's, if it's done well, you're not talking about your individual self, your individual success, um, winning and losing as a person. Um, you're talking about creating a unit where you're both attempting to do this thing, this this magical sort of mystical scientific thing where you're creating two into one and uh, 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 turning the possibilities of uh, a synergy and creating something that you haven't even imagined before. And when you and we're when we're in sync in that way, and when we're both winning, then there is no room for competition. There's no room for domination. There's no room for uh, subjugation. We are all on the same page, moving in unison to both sort of win, if you will. And so the tit for tat gets in the way of that. I think. I think the tit for tat makes it. I'm trying to. You know, there's a pettiness about it. There's a, you know, nitpickiness about it. Um, someone can do something that you don't like, and I think it's much more healthy to just say that I did not like that thing. What you did made me feel this way. And to not want them to feel that way themselves, but to want to elevate that feeling and teach them how to do it better the next time. And when you keep doing that, and if, and if people don't get it, then, then you're in a relationship that maybe don't need to work. But if a partner hears you say, I don't like the way you do that. Can you do this different? I don't like the way that makes me feel. And then they say, okay, you're right. My bad. I don't want you to feel that way either. It's a different tone. It's a different culture of being in a relationship than trying to get somebody back. You want to get somebody forward. You want to move them. And if people, and if people are, are both doing that together, then there's no, there's no heights that you can't reach as a couple. I, I don't have a lot more to add to what Dr. Uh, Cartman said, because he said it uh, pretty perfectly, but I don't find it to be a healthy trait um, because you're working against each other and not together uh, with that. And um, anytime you're um, like conflictual and, and egos are involved or, you know, you're in competition with your partner, that's that's never going to be a good thing. But I, I can't add more to make it better um, to what or to, to just to add because to what he said, because that was a pretty complete way of saying it. And I, I totally agree. I also wouldn't call it toxic. I feel like the word toxic is being. Uh, overused <laughs> so much lately mm-hmm. uh, that it's hard to say what is truly toxic anymore because people mm-hmm. apply it to everything. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for that question. Um, I will say this: um, I'm bad at that because I'm I'm super major petty, right? But that can also be in the beginning. Once I'm starting to move towards, and I see that we are working towards something, then I'm adopting more of what the, uh, what, what the Dr. Uh, Cartman and Dr. J for that matter has said, right? Um, because it becomes an us and a we instead of a me and a you. If again, I'm walking and I don't know you and <laughs> I open the door, that's cool. You got one, but you know what I'm saying? But I think it's also maybe a less conversational way of telling someone how you expect to be treated as well. I think there's something to be said about, and then maybe it's not a tit for tat either, right? What if it's, okay, I extended myself to you, 
you essentially rejected it or did not care for it or didn't honor it or whatever you want to uh, terminology you want to use. Now that part of me is dead and I don't care anymore. And I think that a lot of times people don't understand that when you keep beating up your partner, I'm going to use that uh, specifically, your partner's trying to, trying to, you know, build with you, trying to make something happen. And you just keep beating up on that partner. At some point that partner's not naturally going to change their feelings towards you. If you keep doing stuff that, you know, like you said, if you say, listen, um, I don't like the way you did that. I don't like the way you said that, whatever. It makes me feel this way. And they completely ignore that and continue doing whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I think at some point, at some point, your feelings start to change in that regard. And so your behavior changes when your feelings change. Um, and I think that. Uh, what do you guys say to that type of thing? Now, you describing a relationship that you should get out of. Right. That's a tip for tat. That somebody don't appreciate you and you should leave. But you ain't got to get them back. Like to get them back, like we get them back forward. Now you spending your energy instead of moving on and restoring and health, being, being more healthy. Um, now you're wasting your time giving that power away. You described it very clearly earlier. You're giving your power away when you focus your attention on retribution and revenge. It's not even worth it. Move on, create a boundary, turn around, keep moving. Like the get them back thing, we ain't got time for that. Yeah, it's not worth it. And um, even what Dr. Cartman said earlier, just truly knowing who who you are. Like he said, he would open the the door and that's just who he is, period. Uh, Rather somebody says thank you, rather, you know, on and on. Um, But if if you if you're like at odds with somebody, um, I think it starts to change your own demeanor. And that is a relationship where you want to get out because now you're not even you're not even being yourself anymore. Like you look in the mirror and and you probably don't even really recognize you as much because you are in opposition with this person. And it's just a relationship that no longer serves you at that point. It's just Mm. not even worth the energy. (laughs) And that's why I'm still single. All right. um, I wanted to make sure that we reiterate that we are raising funds for this uh, movie mental Go check out the GoFundMe at the top of the page and please give a donation. It works. It helps. And every bit helps to get this movie done. It is one that I will be directing. And if you need to see some of my other films, you can check on my PTR and see some of the films that I've done previously. And and, and that's, that's me acting. That doesn't mean I'm a mob hitman or anything. So you don't have to worry. Uh, it still is a safe space and everybody's cool here. Uh, well, we want to thank, this has been fantastic. Um, and I knew it would be because we got two really, really intelligent and uh, great doctors who are in the mental health space. And from my hometown, the city of Chicago, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on the show. Uh, make sure you also go to DrAbariCartman.com. That's right. It's Dr. on there. Yeah. Make sure you get over there and check out his book. And then 
go to drkatherinejackson.com and check out her book as well. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys. You guys are really, I've said this before, uh, at least to Dr. Uh, Cartman. I know I've said that to him, but I'm saying it also to you, uh, Dr. J. People who uh, are out there doing the work and actively helping people. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that are called celebrities, and I really don't call them celebrities. I mean, I honor what they've done, but uh, to me, they're just people. Um, and sometimes, not all, and especially not the people who've been on my show, but, uh, well, some of them, most of them aren't like that. Um, but some can be very self-serving and they don't care about other people, but people who actually go out there and do the work every day to help make other people's lives, uh, better to me, those are the celebrities. And so I am proud to have two celebrities right here on the stage with me today <laughs> and on the show, uh, Dr. Barbie Cartman and Dr. Katherine Jackson. Thank you guys for being on Raw Fusion. Appreciate Thank you, man. You. Thanks for having me. For sure, for sure, for sure. It's time to talk some shit with King B on the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by King B's Hate Love, now streaming for free on Tubi. Yes, it's still here. It's still happening. And we still talk some shit. Men and women, we need each other. That's just plain and simple. You can get wrapped up and involved with conversations with people who are hurt and they will come up with all kinds of reasons why you don't need a man or you don't need a woman. And that's just complete nonsense. And people acting out of temper tantrums and not doing the work to resolve issues within their own life. When it comes down to it, we're better together than we are apart. And the sooner we learn how to deal with each other, the sooner we have these conversations, the sooner we get down to the real of all of this, the quicker we're gonna be able to heal. And with healing should come some understanding and with some understanding, better relationships. I'm King B and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.